Hi, this is Sarah Goodyear. What you're about to hear is an excerpt from a Patreon bonus episode of The War on Cars, in which we talk about some recent news items and hear from some of our Patreon supporters about what is happening in their communities. If you'd like access to the full episode, go to thewaroncars.org, click support us, and for as little as $3 a month, you'll get stickers, access to lots of bonus content, and the chance to contribute to episodes like this one. It feels like the whole auto industry is falling apart right now, right? So it's like interest rates have ratcheted up, so now people can't afford their auto loans. Cars have just gotten really expensive because the auto industry is like realizes like expensive cars is where their profits are. Now with insurance, which I hadn't really heard about that trend, I mean, it just feels like the entire industry is collapsing, which actually ties in nicely to my new story. Oh, let's hear yours. Okay. Go for it. So here, check this out. From the New York Times Daily Podcast, this is sort of their explainer for the United Auto Workers strike that just started last night. New York Times reporter Neil Baudet, he's explaining what this labor unrest is about in the auto industry. And he's telling the whole history of kind of like the UAW fighting with the big three automakers. And what they're talking about is how the automaker unions were able to squeeze all these concessions out of the automakers in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And because labor was being paid generously in starting in the 70s after a big strike, the big three was forced. They had no choice but to make crappy cars in the 70s and 80s because the workers were being paid too much. But then around 2008, remember we had the big financial crisis. The federal government poured all this money in to save the auto industry. And so the auto industry was able to restructure. And here, I'll let Neil explain what kinds of cars they started making once they were able to restructure. They're able to put a lot more money into design and nicer materials. So they have these plush interiors. They develop fuel-efficient engines and new transmissions. And instead of making crappy cars, they start making really nice cars. The Ford Fusion was redesigned, and it was a real head-turner. It's an entirely new idea of what a car can be. GM did the same thing with the Chevy Malibu. Here's a fact. Chevrolet Malibu has better highway fuel efficiency than Honda Accord or Toyota Camry. Now, you guys might remember, because, I mean, certainly, Sarah, you wrote about this stuff a lot. Like, cars got more fuel efficient in that time period why was it because the auto industry was just like let's no it was like because the obama administration imposed all these new fuel efficiency standards right okay but here's the good part and then the market starts to shift to trucks and suvs which is really their forte and their profits take off u.s auto sales posted their best month in 10 years in august by 2015 or 2016 they're making record profits in the last five years or so gm has been making close to or more than $10 billion a year, which was just unimaginable years ago. So the lesson here seems to be very clear, that once unshackled from uncompetitive labor costs and labor contracts that provide for things like a jobs bank that are deeply inefficient, the big three can plow money into their actual products, the cars they make, and they make them beautifully and high-performing, and it sounds like reliable, and people want to buy them, and the companies thrive. 
So you guys got that. So well, I did catch uh, Mikey there t- saying that like the jobs bank is deeply inefficient, like yeah. providing for people. It's real like we know which side the times is on here. Yeah. But they also say when they talk about the move to SUVs, they say the market shifted. Right. Right. As if the market were, you know, the tides or something. The market was shifted by the corporations that we're talking about. That 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 was not like some some natural event. And it's because that they found a loophole from the the cafe Obama standards. era cafe yeah. Yeah. exactly. So it's this like the New York Times just did this piece that to me was just like a complete fantasy of like what happened in the last fifteen years, like like right. how and we got SUVs and yeah, because they were unshackled, they were just able to finally make a quality product. When they were you know? able to pay workers fifteen dollars an hour, then they were finally able to make SUVs, which were profitable, which turned everything around. But then the but but we can't pay but if but if we're shackled to these labor costs then we can't possibly produce the beautiful plush cars that you want and are willing to pay tens of thousands of dollars for it. Yeah, that's pretty astonishingly bad analysis, I think. It's really weird because I mean they seem, you know, you're like listening to really smart people and just this idea this sort of like insistence that the cars that are being made once once Detroit sort of shifted into SUV mode, I mean, they don't even make those first two cars they mentioned, the Malibu and the Fusion. They don't exist anymore. Yeah, they right, exactly. <laughs> and like yeah. that's what really confused me because I thought they were going to say like they were making these really good sedans that had great gas mileage and were affordable and safe to drive relatively. And then they found this loophole and shifted right. to SUVs because it was hugely profitable and they convinced us that that's what we wanted, but they just left out that part. They left out right. – and, and, and the fact that, yeah, the Chevy Malibu, which actually is like sort of an ideal car in some ways. Yeah, there were these like Chevy – the Chevy Cruze, and you would get it at the rental place, and you're like, oh, my God, it's so fuel efficient and like kind of nice to drive. Yeah. And it was like a good car, and it was tiny, and they went away so quickly. I don't know. It's just this – The market shifted, Aaron. Yeah, the market just shifted. <laughs> But so and and so what it seems clear now is like a lot of this UAW fight, too, is is about so the the workers saw that, like, there's all these new profits. The profits weren't going to labor. They were just kind of going to management and shareholders and stuff. But now we're moving into this era of electric cars. I can't say, like, I really am an expert on this or anything, but it from what I gather, like electric cars are just a lot simpler to make in a lot of ways. There's like a lot fewer moving parts. You don't really need like as complex of an assembly line, which means like less labor. So it just feels like this whole industry right now is really in the midst of collapse. But it's every industry, right? So we're in the midst of a big labor uprising. You've got the UAW strike. You have the Teamsters strike, the Writers Guild strike. I'm a WGA member, the Screen Actors Guild. This is all happening because similar to how the auto industry is shifting to EVs and that changes the profit calculation and the amount of labor you need to make the business profitable, Hollywood doesn't need at least from management's perspective, as many writers, as many actors, because AI is going to do everything. So it's all part of the same thing. Like management continues to just enrich itself and the actual people who drive the economy, they're getting screwed. So, you know, look, welcome United Auto Workers to the war on cars, but we are on the side of labor here and want you to be fairly paid for the work that you're doing. 
But sure. how about making like buses or something? Yes. Yeah, that would be great.